Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. All right, and you're now listening to Anthony Roberts. The reality is where filtering becomes extinct. We have a great show coming up here in the next two hours. This is going to be the best 120 minutes of your day, I guarantee you. I have special guest Gary Green in from TCU, and I have special guest Christian Evans coming in from the Air Force Academy. We're going to be talking about all things relationships, God, and sports. So tune in. And if you have any questions about anything, you can hit up uh, hit us up on the request line at 817-272-2651. And if you can, please wait for the music to play before you call so I can answer your questions. And, hey, enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the music. Enjoy the show. We're going to hop into Fabulous in French Montana, The Ball Drop. All right. And that was Fabulous in French Montana with Ball Drop. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So we're going to jump into some real topics today. First of all, I want to thank uh, Mr. Green, Mr. Evans, for coming in today. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having Thanks me. Thanks for having us, brother. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, brother. You know Chris right. got to put that yeah. extra bass in his voice. All right. <laughs> so the first conversation or the first topic I want to d- uh, dive into is does the respect stop when the love stops in relationships? So we're basically talking about when is enough enough? You know, a lot of people, you know, after they pretty much fall out of love in a relationship, you know, they try to stay in for reasons such as what the person looks like, financial gain, you know, those situations. So my question to you guys are, when do you, you know, when do you call it quits on a relationship? Like why stay if the respect is gone? And if the respect is gone, do you feel like the love is gone? Well, I, you know, I'll jump right into this because I feel like this is something I've been through a few times with my relationships where, you know, you kind of stay around even though you might feel that the love or, you know, respect is gone. I personally think the love never really stops, right? Like, I don't, you don't really stop loving people. Like, if you make that, you know, choice to love somebody, I think that love is going to prevail. But the respect definitely goes away. So um, I think a myriad of reasons, you know, attributes to the love going or to the respect going away, uh, whatever your circumstances might be. Um, so, in my opinion, I don't think the love stops, but I do think, you know, based on your situation, that the respect can definitely go away. A myriad, huh? A myriad of Hey, I'm just trying. To, I mean, I'm trying to get my diction up. So, I, I, I a myriad. But I look uh, at it kind of the the other way around, man. Where I think, um, and I mean, I think it depends on how you how you understand love, how you think about love, and what is there a difference between loving, like as an action, and being in love or falling yeah, in love yeah. or something like that. So I do think sometimes that um, the love can stop, but I think that doesn't necessarily mean the respect has to. And I just I say that because I think that there are people who, you know, I've been in relationships in the past where. The love has stopped. The investment in in trying to make something work with this person has stopped, but that I still have respect for this person. I still have, you know, there's still a kind of a mutual respect, mutual admiration uh, that's there. So I don't know, man. I think it's a complex issue. I think it depends on circumstances. Like Chris said, a myriad yeah. of things of why people can <laughs> can fall in love and fall out of love. Yeah. And, 
you know, uh, and I, I also think love is a daily investment. Yeah. Yeah. You have to actually yeah. try, you know, love is more of an, something that I do than something that I just simply feel. Because I'm not going to always feel like love is somebody. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. So would you, I mean, and, and this is just a personal question, would you stay or have you ever stayed in a situation um, after you feel like, hey, you know, emotionally you've kind of tapped out, have you stayed or what do you feel about people staying for financial gain or sexual or personal appearances of a female? Right. And we, we can only speak from a, a guy's perspective. Right, right. I think there have been situations in the past um, where I've stayed, where I think I've, I've stayed longer than, than, than I should have. For the money or the appearance? I, you know, honestly, I think sometimes people just get safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it might not be for something that, like the money or for the appearance or uh, to keep up appearances in yeah. public. But I think sometimes, you know, you could be with somebody for a certain amount of time and it just becomes home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I do think it, it, when that gets to the point where the relationship has ended, where the investment, the mutual investment has ended, um, and you're just there because you don't know anything else, or you're just there because you don't want to try anything else, I think that's where the problem's going. Yeah, to in. piggyback off of Gary, man, I think it roots in fear, bro, like fear of the unknown. If yeah. you've been in a relationship for, say, four years, and you haven't been in the dating pool, or, you know, you're scared that, the woman that you did fall in love with, I mean, it's still the same woman for whatever reason, right? I think one of the main things you said a little bit earlier was, like, you become emotionally detached. Yeah. Like, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, love leaving or respect leaving. It's not so much love or respect leaving. It's like you just get emotionally detached to the situation that you don't even think about it. Like, yeah. it doesn't even come through your mind. But <clears throat> to go back, I think, like, it roots in fear because you just don't know what you don't know, like, in my last relationship, like, I, I was so in love with this girl for so long, and I, but for, for you know, circumstances... Lay it on the line. No, I'm just being honest. Circumstances no, change. So it's like, you know, should we break up? Should we not break up? Yeah. You kind of let it go on, but yeah. you still love this person, but for fear of the unknown, like, you're, you're afraid to end the relationship. So. I understand. Well, I say, I mean... Uh, have I stayed? For, I've definitely haven't stayed for looks. I mean, financial, I haven't either. So I really can't speak from either one of those. I mean, maybe because I don't know. I'm, I hear I'm a jerk and I ass all the time. So maybe it's just like, <laughs> hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But I brought I up the, the, the exactly. You know what I'm saying? I've exactly. Had two women wish uh, can like. Uh, Viruses on my life after a breakup, <laughs> like Literally, AIDS so. or like a HPV. No, one of thing. them said, "I hope she." Because, uh, you know, when you, we break up with one girl and you get with another one, she she said, I hope that girl gives you AIDS. That's what she told Jesus me. Christ. And then, uh, and then the one that I got with that, yeah, you might want to that, that was that. said, I hope this other girl <laughs> gives you a virus. I was like, well, everybody want me to do <laughs> Now, I said, the reason I said about the uh, personal appearance, because, you know, on the Internet this week, you know, everybody were posting those pictures of the memes where it was like Amber Rose, where she took the picture on the balcony, uh, where she looks like... Mm-hmm. I Good. mean, I, yeah, I just, the word, you know I can't. God. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Somewhere. <laughs> like, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, yeah, this is where I would just, I would put that on a plate and just give me a fork and a knife. Don't need no, no, I don't need no anything. No napkin, nothing. <laughs> just put it on the plate. It could be on a saucer. Oh, and I'm good. Boy. But I said that because, you know, a lot of people was like, you know, would you stay around for appearance? And everybody had the meme where it's like, if Kanye West and Wiz Khalifa left that, then, you know, basically telling females you have to bring more to the table than, you know, what you look like 
or you know financially that situation they got the money so right but but, but even then like you look at Halle Berry she kind of has the same situation like she is you know historically known as probably one of the most beautiful black women of yeah. our you know of our yeah. young generation but she cannot seem to keep a man so she's it, still with the white dude right no they like the one that's the father of a child they broke up I mean, it's a problem if you leave an out of there. Or she's the problem. <laughs> I don't know. And, I, and I think, I think, man, it, it goes both ways. I think, you know, this is this is me trying to be an ally, too, to the women folk. But uh, uh, I think it's not just, you know, the physical appearance of the women, but I think sometimes, you know, women are in relationships with men for men, but the same reason. Oh, man, of course. And... Um, and uh, but but to to go back to your point, that's that's not enough. Yeah. If that's all you yeah. you have to offer is looks, if there's some other things that are missing, I mean, to sustain a relationship, that might be something to get you in a relationship. Yeah. Right. You know, depending on how shallow somebody is. Yeah. Um, but that's not enough to sustain a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And looks gonna change. I yeah. Mean, let's man. be honest. If you if you're someone who you know some someone who's been who's older who, you know who's been married for a longer time yeah. or something like that. I mean, looks are going to change, man, and and that's not to say you still won't see that person as beautiful. But Lord knows, I don't put on twenty pounds. <laughs> <in the last laughs> six months. Right. Well, the thing, I mean, I, yeah, people change. I'm gonna tell you this though. This is my situation. Like, if I'm dating or I'm you know in a relationship or even if I was to get married, I know love and all that other yak. But it's like <laughs> you got. I mean, dude, I want what I'm giving you. Right. So like, I mean. You know, if being educated and having degrees, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a degree, but it's like have drive, you know, have something. Now, when yeah, it comes to the physical intelligence, yeah, have it, have intelligence. Now, when it comes to the physical appearance, I, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I go to the gym, I take care of myself, I try to eat right. I, I expect that from whoever I'm talking to. Right. I mean, because if you, I mean, if that's your thing, right. you know, some guys like you know whatever else, you know what I'm saying? I just say if I'm taking care of my physical appearance, then I want that same thing in a woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even if I'm a person that. I feel like, you know, I have style or if I'm dressing a certain way, I look for that in somebody else. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like later later on, I want to talk about, you know, things you should tell your friends. And, and the reason I say that is because you see a lot of guys and I'm, I'm going to have to get on guys now. When if you're wearing all black or black shoes, you should not wear white socks. You know what I'm saying? So like it's you have to have somebody. You, you said you have. I said I don't think there's ever a time you, you should, should wear, wear exactly unless you're just wearing them around the house right. for no reason at all. But it's things that I feel like I say if I'm bringing this certain you know a certain amount of potential to the table, I'm looking for that certain you know what I'm saying the same thing to match that. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times you know my, my my next question after talking about this was basically what solutions do you have you know to form or continue having healthy relationships? You know we talked about. You know, do does the love stop when the respect stops? But what, how do you regain that? You know, some relationships are not dead or don't need to go to the graveyard if the respect stops or if the love stops. Sometimes if, you know, you can go through, you know, continue going mm-hmm. and break through that wall and it may be able to get it back. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, especially you, you're married. How do you like what what suggestion or what advice would you give to get back on track? Well, I think, you know, I'll take a step back and go, you know, back even further. I think the the foundation of the relationship is crucial. I yeah, mean, yeah. I think when you get with somebody, and even before that, I think knowing yourself yeah. is essential. Absolutely. I think so many people today uh, get in relationships for whatever reason, um, before they're ready to or with someone who they might, you know, maybe shouldn't. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, we have the capacity to love anyone. Yeah. I think our the things, our preferences, our attractions, these kinds of things make it 
easier to convince ourselves that we want to love somebody. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we need to know who we are before we try to give ourselves to somebody else. That's because, true, you know, if you get in a relationship and you don't know what kinds of things make you tick, what kind of emotional patterns you have, what kind of things. See, I'm about to start getting in some deep kind of well, theological and all that kind yeah, of stuff. That's fine. But no, um, if you don't, you know, if I don't know. Um, the kinds of things that I can offer, if I don't know my weaknesses, if I don't know where my partner needs to be able to to help me and to, yeah. to critique me, and yeah. where I need to critique her or you know or him, if somebody is you know same you know same gender loving person, yeah. um, then that's a problem because so much of the relationship is spent, so much it, it, the energy is spent yeah. trying to love somebody else while I'm still trying to figure out who I am, right? You know, and I think that that's where a lot and of a lot of people are in. doing that. Yeah. Right. You know, like the court, like the uh, saying goes, they'd be like, you know, the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else. And you have a lot of people doing that. Right. And they're not like you say, they're not actually healing or taking time to get to know themselves. Now, you know, what you said is correct, but I don't even know if people know how to be by themselves anymore. Right. You that's know what I'm true. saying? And, and, and that's that's a big problem. So, I, I mean, for me, I feel like a way to work on it is, I mean, when you talk about old school love or you hear people who've been married 50 years. Um, I remember going to a church one time, and, and uh, I think it was like a 50th anniversary. And they were, you know, the guy was like, how did you stay married to him that long? And she was like, I loved him, first of all. And then it was forgiveness, some more forgiveness, mm -hmm. and some more forgiveness. I right. mean, because you're never going to be, it's not a perfect situation, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not saying, you know, it's okay if a man cheats or it's okay if this and that happens. But it's just knowing that there's no perfect person. And also, when those things happen, it's like if a man does cheat or if a woman does cheat, did you have any part in that? Mm -hmm. And not saying that it justifies it, right. but you have to look at yourself because like I tell people all the time, when it comes to men, it's only two type of men. You either, you ha you are a dog or you have dog in you because every man has dog in him. <laughs> it's just up to if you can control that or not. That I mean, meaning you when you see something, you have a thought. Like You're lying if you don't. Hulk, but yeah. I think we're also lying if we assume that women don't have the exactly same the same thing. I mean, you as know what human I'm beings, correct? We see and we see what we like, and we like what we see. And right. I mean, it, it's 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 part of our human nature. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think. But when you come, you know, when it comes to how societies are constructed and what kinds of things are admissible and what yeah. kinds of things are expected, I mean, yeah. and what kinds of things we what kind of thing we say that we actually, you know, the realities we create by yeah. saying men cheat, all men are dogs, that creates a reality it where does. people expect that to be true. Yeah. And um, you know, or women can't be can't be sexual, or women can't be, you know, the aggressor. And, uh, th these kinds of problems, man. I think. Well, I like my woman to be a little bit aggressive. <laughs> Gary is a male uh, feminist, just to let y'all know. I'm an ally. <laughs> I'm an ally. I'm. A, I'm, a, I'm because I don't know way. what it's like to be a woman, so I won't yeah. call myself a feminist, even though I don't think you just. I don't think feminist equals woman, but yeah, I'm an yeah. ally because I, I think so much of our society is is problematic because it's been created in one narrow way of looking at the world. Yeah. You know? well, that's hopefully talk about patriarchy a little later, but, I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right, well, we're going to jump, uh, take a break and jump back into some music. You guys are listening to utaradio.com. All right, and that was Big Sean. You know the rest. I can't really say the name of the song, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. So the next topic we're going to jump in today, before we get in that, I want to let you know that you're listening to UTA Radio. And for those who are asking, how can I listen to the show? Go to your phone, download the iHeart app, in the search engine put in UTA Radio, preferably put in UTA 
with a R. UTA Radio should come up, and you can listen in. Don't just listen to my show. Listen to everybody's show. We have a lot of great DJs, a lot of great shows, uh, hip-hop, R&B, indie rock. Sometimes we even do the uh, softball and baseball games here at UTA, so be sure to listen in and support them. All right, now to get back to the business. Next topic we got coming up, we're talking about interracial love or dating. Is it an infatuation or just an attraction? Personal attraction. Attraction is a good thing. Infatuation is not such a bad thing, but, you know, it's more about sex than actually wanting to be with the person. So I think, you know, some would call me a Ph.D. in interracial dating. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I wrote a dissertation a few years ago. I need to read that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, in my experience, right, a lot of it, I think, it is attraction, but not to the point that, like, you're attracted to one race and then no longer attracted to your own race because, you know, I dated uh, outside of my race a lot in college. Yeah. And for me, and I think a lot of guys I went to school with, you know, at the Air Force Academy, it's it's like... What is our environment? We were in an environment in Colorado where I don't know what pop, what percentage of the population, Colorado Springs in particular, like what percentage of the population, like what the demographics were. It's a whole lot of white and a little bit of black. Right. There's just not many to choose from. And then at the actual school itself, again, not many to choose from. It's just not big of a dating pool. Like they bring in more men than women as it is. And then, yeah. you know. So <clears throat> for us, like while, you know, everything we see, you know, is – it, it it really I guess portrays the white woman with blonde hair and blue eyes as what beauty is to be aspired to. I mean, just look at Barbie, right? Yeah. Like the, but but it was just like it was more of the environment we were in in Colorado. And to me, I don't think it's as binary as black white infatuation attraction. Like it's just it's a person at yeah. the end of the day. Like it's another person who shares the same values as you who enjoys, you know, some of the same things that you enjoy, um, the same as a black woman or a Hispanic woman or an Asian woman might. So, like, I don't think of it as so binary. It's more of what environment am I in? What, like, what woman is actually showing me, you know, uh, attention and love back, you know, when I go out, uh, and, you know, when I'm in these situations or to meet them? So, I mean, if you're in Colorado... I mean, you just have a good chance of dating interracially, whether you're a man or a woman, yeah. just because of the environment and the demographics. Uh, and then, you know, at, at some point it like becomes its own echo chamber, and then it's like it's so common. And that's kind of what happened to me. Like it was so common that I had to step outside myself and like say, well, why is it so like why is it so common? Um, and I don't know. We can get to that later on. You know where where I where I am now, but just for my experience, bro, it was just about environment. I yeah. Mean, you so I saw it a lot in college too, playing you know college athletics. Now before 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 Gary answers, my question to you is what when you did date white? I know I know what you said about you know just having the more of an opportunity because they were there. But do you feel like it was more of an actual attraction to them or an infatuation from what you've seen? Like you said, the Barbie or the way they betray white women on tech on. Television? I mean, I think absolutely. Uh, there's like a subconscious type of infatuation, maybe yeah. attraction to it. Uh, just I mean it. Especially at the at my young age, it just seemed like I went to school in high school with a, in a majority white environment, and then I went to college in a majority white environment. So it just seemed like that was all that was around. And you know, growing up, every especially in our time frame, like everything you saw was really uh, based on 
white beauty. So I think subconsciously, and maybe even subconsciously, yeah, there was a little bit of infatuation, but I wouldn't say like that was the driver in me like going out actively seeking, you know, white women or Hispanic women. It was like for me, it was more of, you know, the environment. But I mean, yeah, when you're in the relationship, then yeah, you become infatuated with that person. And the attraction always is there. Okay. And see, I really like what Chris said. I like how you, because that's the point I was going to make is, you know, <clears throat> from the standpoint of you you hear people say, you know, when, when a black man dates a white woman or, you know, outside of his race and, and, you know, some black women might call him a sellout or, or other black men might call him a sellout. Um, and there's, there's layers and layers of meaning. So I won't even get into that too deeply, but I do want to lift up what Chris said was about, you know, Think about college football or college athletics, period. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to KU on a football scholarship. Now, my personal preference, I prefer, I'm attracted to black women. Yeah. That's just me. But at the same time, I can see <coughs> how. Too. That's what it is. <laughs> I can, But I can, I can see how uh, a kid from South Dallas or a kid from San Antonio that grows up around, you know, mostly African-American people uh, get a scholarship to go to KU where it's about 30,000 students and less than 5% or something like that are black. Yeah. And a smaller percentage of those are athletes. And so you, I mean, so it is kind of a more of a practical, pragmatic kind of thing. You're yeah. attracted, you want to date, you want to you be in a relationship with somebody, and the options just aren't there, right. you know. And, it's, and so you have to be almost intentional about I will not. <laughs> yeah, right. outside my race but and that, I don't think that's right either right uh, well right you know yeah. from from but 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 I mean I do think that Maybe attractions can be real yeah but at the same time uh and again Chris Chris made a great point our tra- our attraction and our preferences are so shaped by the images we see on TV in society yeah that, you know the yeah. Miss America pageant recently yeah. I mean right. beyond the fact that it's, it's objectifying period yeah. but yeah, yeah. Every woman that was in the top ten looked like they could have been sisters. Right. Seriously. And, and Jamaica looked like she could have been a half sister. Right. I mean, so I was bothered <laughs> when I <laughs> when I turned the channel to it. Um, but I mean, it, yeah. So I I think it's I think it's multi layered, man. And yeah. so so we were talking before we went on there, and, and I, I'll probably let you cover with your friend. But we were talking about, like, a lot of times... Well, I'll let you get into it. You go ahead and talk about... Which part? About your friend that he just didn't attract black women growing up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I said... I was basically talking about the um, the attraction and infatuation part and the aspect of... You know how sometimes you have black women that may be like, okay, you're always dating white women, you're a sellout, that type of thing. But I, I, I tried to get people to think outside the box in the aspect of, like, what is his story? And this guy's story was, through high school... You know, he was tall, he was kind of lanky, he was kind of nerdy, he was goofy, always cracking jokes, and black women never gave him any play. You know, I know where I'm from, they liked more of the athlete or kind of thuggish type dude who, you know, the waves, the ball cap, the Timberlands, the baggy jeans, and it's like he wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So he never could get a date to the dance, he never could get a black girl to pay him any attention. So white girls were paying him attention in band. Hispanics paying him attention, so he kind of developed his own culture, his own mindset of, this is where I'm comfortable. This is where I feel accepted. And he only dates white. He only right. dates Hispanic or whatever is, a, you know, fair skin because he never got an opportunity from black women. And that that doesn't mean that he couldn't get one now. But because now he's like six, eight, very handsome. He's my cousin, by the way. You know, <laughs> it runs in the family. I didn't get the, I didn't get the I didn't get the height, Child you know, please. but. <laughs> 
but you know they he he's just now he's more comfortable dating you know white and Hispanic because he never got any play and it, like he tells me he doesn't not like black women he just never got he never got their seal of approval right. so now it's kind of like he's comfortable there he's always been accepted there and now that he's older and whatever now they want to talk to him and it's not of course it's not the same women from high school sure. but it is a um a mindset that was formed from what happened to him in high school so in that situation you really can't fault him to say oh he shouldn't I mean, that's just the way life shaped him. You right, know? right. And it's interesting, like, we even having the conversation about interracial dating because us as a black community, I think we obsess over it way more than white or Hispanic communities. Yeah. Like, to them, it's just, all right, whatever. I mean, let me not go totally on that. I was that about because to say. I was going to say, <laughs> when I was in college, I did have some teammates that didn't take kindly to me dating white women. Mm-hmm. Because and they were white? They were, I mean, the girls were very white and, and blonde. The, and the guys were white. And and the guys were white. Well, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, I, 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 before I say this, I guess I'll give a, a, a blanket state. I love white people. They're great Period. People. They're great people. But what I've learned, too, is if you're dating a white woman and she's beautiful, she looks like she come out of a magazine or if she's the more, you know, yes. even if she's shapely, they don't want you with them. If no. you got like the fat trailer trash, you know, like Dorito eating yeah, yeah. type, then hey, they man, don't I care. I love Doritos. Now, hold on. She knows streaks on her shirt. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, they cool with that. They you know cool what I'm saying? That. But if you got to die, it's kind of like how, why in the hell are you with him? That's right. a waste of a white woman. And I've even had white, some of my white women, you know, that are friends tell me they've been told by white guys, if you mess with black, then we don't even want you. Yes. They don't want to fall in behind that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't want to come behind that thing. <laughs> What what uh what uh what Kevin, what, yeah, I was saying what Kevin Hart say on uh on Ride and Ride tomorrow hit you with that hammer that hammer they ain't trying to come behind the hammer you know what I'm saying so it's like you know I, but it's crazy you know what I'm saying I'm gonna tell you this this is how and we're getting off topic but so what this is the part where I be like racism is actually so stupid I don't give a care if somebody you lying if you say you've never seen a porn before a porno before. It's really racist when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to the yeah. <laughs> It just hit, you know, it, you typed in something similar and it just came up. I don't know what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it's crazy when you see, a, uh, you watch porn or you see porn and it's like in the commentary part, it's like they're so racist. Like they're like white dudes are on the porn stream talking about the black guy messing with the white woman. And it's like, if you're that racist, why in the hell are you watching 15 minutes of fame? Why are you watching it? It's usually three, but, you know. Well, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, <laughs> why are you watching it? No, for sure. But, you know, the I'm, part, yeah, go ahead, man. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about this because I think when we talk about attraction and we talk about dating, you know, when you were, you were telling the story about the dude that was kind of nerdy, black dude kind of nerdy, and mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, where his location was, where he was geographically, um, but I think class has something to do with it too. Yeah. You know, we, we look at race, and race shapes us in certain ways, and we're shaped, you know, with racial consciousness, some more than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, some black men grow up not even thinking about their blackness till they're forced to by yeah. somebody, you know, like a police officer or something like yeah. that. Whereas for me, I was raised with, with you know, black consciousness. Um, but I think we don't talk about class enough because I think, you know, I mean, think about, think about the language we use. You know, when we talk about, uh, you know, if we go to a certain club and, and we talk about where the ratchets are. 
or you know, or we go to Uptown, and then we don't use that language right. very much. Or and you I think, say South Dallas or high crime area. Yeah. Right. So, and there's all these class signifiers, and I think that also contributes to why certain people interracially date. Yeah. You know, because white folks were at you too, though, man. Oh yeah. No, I, I uh, agree yeah, I with know, you. Yeah. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, when when you have when you've got someone who is looking for the come up kind of, yeah, you yeah, know, so they saying. say. Um, you got somebody that got some money, you know, and they just happen to be white, but they, you know, yeah. that's just one example. Yeah. I think a lot of times that also shapes somebody's attraction. Now, we won't talk about that as much because it's not as it's not as blatant as black and white skin. Yeah. Right. right? And, and to piggyback off that, like we talked about earlier, like what do we uh, intake and how does that shape our view on society, like how they make the black. But what, what, if, what do we intake to make that kind of guy that's a little nerdy. Like, if you think about something that I think every young person, black, white, or indifferent, watched is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Juxtapose Will Smith right. to Carlton Banks, right? right? Will Smith from West Philadelphia, yeah. handsome guy. Carlton, I mean, he's, he's not nearly as handsome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Carlton, who's <laughs> aspiring to go to Princeton. So he's not really as He's trying to go. Yeah, he's not as handsome, but we got to be honest. Man. Will Smith is one of the most handsome people. But whatever, uh, he's, he's, he's aspiring to go to Princeton growing up. But, like, whether you're a young man or woman, like, you grow up not wanting to be Carlton or not wanting to be with Carlton, right. who is in the young, like, investors club. You right. want to hang out with Will, who's yeah. trying to scheme yeah. on the next person. It's like, what are we taking in? Like, what do the girls see? It's like, well, you know, well, Will is cool, and I want to be with that kind of guy as yeah. opposed to so let me be with Carlton, who, you know, he's going to go to Princeton. He's going to be a lawyer. He's going to be yeah. a judge. Like, is right. that? He ended up bowling, though, for a little while. <laughs> he was a pro bowler? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all, you know, that's his, that's his athletic. You know I mean, he got a scholarship in bowling. <laughs> I think that's a great point, Princeton Chris. Bowling I think that's a great point, and I think that gets into kind of the way that that gender shapes us too. I mean, yeah. let me. Yeah. I mean, think about think about it this way: Miss Universe. How were the women? How do they appear on Miss Universe? Compare that to Mister Universe and his bodybuilding. Yes. So, one you've got, you know, just a, just pageantry. Yeah. The other you have an image of the you know the Mister Universe male who is just. Stacked on top yeah. of muscles, on top of muscles, yeah. and and then it, and it points to the fact that our culture shapes a certain kind of narrow right. um, ideal for yeah. men and women. Yeah. And men should be, uh, you know, kind of brutish, kind of muscular, kind yeah. of rough. You know, the whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah. ideology. Yeah. And women should be dainty and weak and all. Of, and so, yeah. when you have women and men who go against the grain on those, yeah. then it's seen as unattractive. Yeah. Right. And so that's why so many people disparage black women because. You know, black women might be more may might be more outspoken. Yeah. You know, it's just it's believed that black women are more outspoken, which some aren't. Yeah. But it's not you know, true. I've dated both black women and white women very much, and I think any everyone, in my opinion, is the same. Like black women are not gonna back talk or I won't say back talk. <laughs> God, I'm not look. I just said that to incite some uh, we have some like, viewers. <laughs> No, but back <laughs> But no, but I feel you. You see what I'm saying? Stereotype. I get stereotype. I've got as much flack no matter who I'm dating. Uh, back top. Mostly because I'm an idiot, you know. Right. So I mean, we, you know, that that's there, and and uh, so yeah, it just it just complicates the dating and relationships and attraction even more, man. Because yeah. it's like you're looking for. You know, I've heard a lot of women talk about how they're attracted to the guy who takes control and things like that. Yeah. And um and so. And but that 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 is a, a kind of masculinity yeah. that that is attractive. So men then men who, you know, want to be a certain kind of man. It's like well, that's reinforced because 
don't a woman want no dude that's just a pushover and yeah. blah 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 right. you know, all yeah. this kind of speaking stuff. Speaking of masculinity, talk about just the whole the whole slave thing. How that was? Yeah. I mean, that's as masculine as you can be. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what we were talking about. Well, what we were going to talk about with the slave thing, where we were talking about the interracial dating, is it an infatuation? Um, I think it was Tim or Tom Burrell. Um, I read a book, Changing the Minds of Black Inferiority, where he talked about the taboo between black men and white right. women, like we were talking about on the break, right. where. It's kind of in your DNA because, you know, back in the day, black men were seen as the buck. Right. And, you know, they were out there 15-hour days in the cotton field, you know, and lifting, you know, wood and swinging an axe. And it's like they're just naturally jacked. And then it's like you have the black woman that's right out there beside them doing the same thing. So she's basically she's, you know, being beat down in the sun. Her hair is not being done. So it's like they tore down the image of the black woman putting her next to the black man. And then you see the white woman come out on the porch and she got, like you say, the flowing hair, whether it be blonde or brunette. She smells good, fair skin. She's clean. And we see her and we like, man, yeah, you swing your hair. Made me think about yeah. you the other day. Now dudes with dreads try to be coming out like they got the flowing hair. You know, the, his dreads got in his eye the other day. He, I, didn't whip, I did not whip, whip it like that. He whipped his hair. I was like, all right, bro. Everybody nah. ain't able, man. <laughs> But they were uh, they were basically talking about how you know you, the black guy the buck would see the white woman looking all good and you know yeah. he was attracted by that and vice versa the white woman would see him you know he's jacked he's cut up he's working out in the field doing hard labor and the white dude is just doing nothing mm-hmm. you know so it was an attraction there right. and they were saying you know you, you people don't really realize how what things are passed down through our DNA right you know That's subconsciously and you know. They were, and he talked about in the book how that could be the black taboo, which is the same thing. Like when I've dated or I've even talked to white girls, well, they, you know, when I ask them, because I want insight of what attracts you to black men. And the first thing they say is just something different about a black man, the way he carries himself, the way he smells, the way he approaches you. He's confident. And white dudes are not doing that. Now, you have like the Brad Pitts and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I, you even hear some women still be like, you know, a Brad Pitt is not an Idris Elba. You know, mm-hmm. a George Clooney is not a Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. It's still something that separates. I it. think Clooney's close. He's got some <laughs> serious uh, swag. Man, have you seen? Did you see the the, um, the GQ? No, no, but G, when Denzel was in GQ last year, he was. T- he, was a, he was. He was. He, it was nice. It was no competition. Clooney looks good in a suit, but goddamn me, Denzel, <laughs> and I'm a man. That dude had to cut the gray, man. Nah. See, and he's is, and and he, and, he, and he's fifty, fifty plus. Yeah, and no, he, I'm with and you, he man. looks like he may be thirty nine. Yeah. He does. He looks good. And it's, it's just, and it's, got a little swag. God yeah. forbid, Clooney has a little swag. swag. You know what I'm saying? But it's just. But I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. But and you know, it's nothing against white guys or anything like that. It's just that when I hear them talk, when when white women have told me the reasoning. That's the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. And not to be funny, if you go up to Uptown or you walk on the campus of SMU or anywhere where it's like ritzy people, they all dress the same. Mm-hmm. They all dress the same. We're not dressed the same at all. Probably would never dress the same. And if we did, because you are you, you're going to wear it a little different. Right, right. They actually kind of go for the same thing. Everybody's wearing Sperry's and sailboat shoes and plaid shirts well, I wear and striped Sperry's, shirts. Man. Yeah, but you're not wearing them. You got on J's today. Well, I wanted to dress hip-hop for the radio show. <laughs> but that is absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but seriously. Look, look, we could just take a little, a little. I try to assimilate. Okay, uh-huh. I try to be as non-threatening as possible for obvious reasons. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's being a sellout. No, it's not. I you gotta play like the, the game. way Spirits look. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, with, I don't wear them, you know, too. Like, with, like, some khakis and a nice polo or whatever. I really don't wear a polo, but, like, a nice shirt. But you're um, still going to make it look a certain way. No, I'm with you. Okay, you got that, it. And that's, and that's you got I'm a saying. good point, because if you go to a University of Alabama yeah. football game and you look into Everybody's going to have that same uh, freaking whipped haircut. Whipped haircut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, everybody's going to be the same. Yeah, and good. every girl is going to look the same. And it's like... Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could put on spares or wear everything that they wear, but I guarantee it's going to be gangster, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, not to be funny, like That's I told you. I wear shorts above my knee. So above, I could, you so want to show I, that cat that leg muscle? So you don't, so you don't come off as gangster. Non-threatening and open toe sandals, man. That's like my... <laughs> That's my not threatening starter kit. If you want to know how to not threaten a police officer or anybody, wear... Uh, shorts above your knee and open toe sandals, you'll never have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Suit. But you're still black with a beard and a deep voice. You are not lying. But I don't ever have problems with police officers. Chris. Yeah. I'm sure you've had Chris. a problem with a police officer. No, I have them with bouncers. <laughs> They're white? Yeah. I mean, Any kind of authority. I mean, it, a I, bouncer is different. Bouncers I mean, okay, are dicks. Not, for the okay, most part. I, I think, yeah, I always have. A, I mean, I've had problems with police officers, but it was like. I just wasn't as threatening when when we got into it. I but, but either way, we're getting off topic. I'm always threatening to somebody well, in got, that aspect. Yeah. Got dread, so. What that's supposed to mean, man? I'm just saying that's what, once again, that's nah, what we know. take in is, you know, what is the stereotypical yeah, and the perception. Like, mm-hmm. they, they make you think that dreads are what it's like. No, this is just how our hair grows. Like if a white dude grows his hair out, it's going to look, you know, it's going to like – you go down to his his, yeah. his shoulders, but yeah. this is just how our hair grows. So yeah. you know, it's not necessarily like a thug thing. I, yeah. I'm not trying to offend you, but it, it's no, tagged as that. Yeah, it's tagged as that. But I mean, so so basically, what we come to, you know, it's it's it could go either way with the actual attraction or infatuation. Um, the actual attraction, I think nowadays, honestly, with the younger generation, it's somewhat more actual attraction. The reason being is because not a lot of them are not being taught the yeah. difference. Like, mm-hmm. I know somebody was like, why do they keep making Selma movies and stuff like that? I think we had that conversation, and it was like, we may understand it. Right. Because, you know, 30 and up, you know, we get it. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, when you're, like, anywhere between, like, 14 to, like, 25, I mean, all schools are integrated. White girls, they're more, they're coming out of their shells more in high school. It used to be back in the day they came out in college, mm-hmm. and they started messing with black guys. Now it's in high school. Now you'll see them in middle school. And, you know, it's more, it's just, you see it. It, it, people are doing it more. So they don't really notice it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They don't see, oh, you know, well, she said this and she said that and I can't date because of these reasons because it's more prevalent now. Right. But they need those movies. So I think it's more actual attraction these days. I think back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, it was an infatuation, probably sure. a little bit more of attraction, but more of an infatuation because, you know, rules were lifted. Things were, you know, I mean, it was against down. the law. Exactly. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Allowed, right. Exactly. Yeah. So things are starting to come down. So it was like when it was, in, you know, back then it was more of an infatuation because it was something you couldn't have. Right. right. Now it's kind of like everybody's doing it. You know, it's on TV and you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, I think that's a 50-50 thing. We're going to take a break. Again, you're listening to utaradio.com. If you have any questions, again, you can hit us up on a request line at 817-272-2651. You know, um, first of all, you're listening to UTA Radio, the reality is. But I wanted to, uh, to address Nicki Minaj. Like, she, to me, is one of the hottest rappers in the game. To be a female. I say she's a female version of Lil Wayne. A lot of people are like, I don't listen to female rappers. I'm going to tell you this. When I'm on the treadmill, even the star stepper, I'm listening to Nicki Minaj, man. She gets me where I need to go. 
I listen to Nicki Minaj. I don't listen to no Beyonce. You know, I ain't driving around in my car. <laughs> I do. My window screen. Well, you can have that. <laughs> Nobody's going to be sketching me listening to no Beyonce. But Nicki Minaj, <laughs> I have with you, man. Now, Nicki Minaj is, yeah, she go hard, man. She, man she's yeah. a lyricist. Outside she, of. Mostly punchlines. Yeah. But she said, you know. That's she, why I said female Wayne, because yeah, that's exactly right, what he is. Right, a human right. punchline. After watching that Anaconda video, I was wearing shape ups, man. I was like, I need to get my back. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, so I wanted to let you guys know that the new UTA radio app is available for iPhone at the App Store. You can stream live music to your phone, check out the latest in UTA sports, and even request songs. You can also click the links to the station's Facebook and Twitter pages to keep up with the latest news and updates. So download the free UTA radio app today. All right, we're going to jump into the next topic. I'll go ahead and say I'm sorry before I get started. (laughs) You know, we may offend some people or I may offend some people. We're going to talk about what do you think God's purpose is for this world? Mm. I think that's deep. I think a lot of people don't talk about it. I don't think a lot of people, hell, I don't even think a lot of people even know why they serve in the God that they serve. Mm. A lot of people are serving the God that they serve because they go to church on Sunday morning and a pastor is telling them something and some of it is doctrine. Some of it is biblical. But the thing that I've always said about the Bible it's it's people always say it's the greatest storytelling book has a lot of stories in it. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you, if, if you heard the little, I don't know how little Wayne comes in while I'm talking about God, but if you've heard the, uh, sorry for the way Two album, he, little Wayne has a verse where he says, we think the Bible is a comic book. Mm. You gotta really like pay attention to it. When you're looking at it like this, a lot of people go to church, they listen to the preacher and they take what he says. They don't know if it's doctrine or if it's something that's in the Bible mm-hmm. and they don't go home and study the word for themselves, which is the first mistake. Mm-hmm. And they just live off what the, the what the pastor said. What we want to dive in, what we want to dive into, like I said, is try to figure out from our perspectives um, what's God's purpose for this world. And I'm going to let Gary have the lead on this. Like I told you guys before, he is uh, pursuing his uh, doctorate degree, PhD, yep. uh, his PhD right now at the University of TCU. Right, Bright uh, Divinity School. School, but it's at TCU. Yep. All right. Doing it in pastoral theology. That's what's up. So I brought him in. I needed him to come in today to kind of school us on the game. So one of the topics that I had was why let Jesus die if the same things are going to happen in this world. And the aspect of if they had Sodom and Gomorrah and the world was destroyed because of those things. And if you've ever read the Bible or you know the biblical ties that go with the Bible, why was, you know, why destroy the world the first time if the same things that happened back then are happening now? Let me respond to that by taking a, a step back again. Um, I think the, the one of the things that I love to say, one of the best ways that I can I can say in a nutshell how I should understand the Bible. Um, we have to remember that when we read the Bible, we are overhearing an ancient conversation yeah. that took place in a specific context right. among a specific group of people and for a specific purpose. Yeah. Um, And I think if we hold that in our minds, it will help us to recognize that the Bible can still be inspired, but we can also recognize it and appreciate it for its literature. Yeah. Okay. So so I said two things right right now. On one level, we read it from a perspective of faith. If I'm a Christian, because I ascribe it that kind of authority as a part of my faith tradition. Right. But I can't just assume that when Paul wrote the letter to Galatians or when or when or when Paul wrote the letter to Corinthians, uh, to Corinth, 
that he that that Paul was talking to Gary Green in the year 2014. Right. Uh, first of all, 15, it was 2015. Wow, <laughs> it's 2015. Uh, that that, that he was talking directly to. Now that's not to say that it's not still inspired. Yeah. Right. And that's not to say that it still doesn't have something to say yeah. to our context today. Right. But Paul did not have the concerns of you know, 2015 in mind right. when he was talking to the people at Corinth in the first century. Correct. Okay, so I think that's one of the things that we have to understand. So then when you talk about the stories of Sodom and Gomorrah and the other narratives in, in Scripture, um, you have to you have to wrestle with the fact that the writer of these stories is in the best way he or she knows how, and it's a patriarchal context, so it would have been he. The best way he knows how, he's bearing witness to their activity with God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there are certain points that are being made and certain things that he's trying to help people, help readers understand about mm-hmm. God. So what better way to say that God really hates this kind of behavior than to tell a story about how God it was so crucial that God decided to destroy the earth. Right. Now, none of us can verify, you know, whether or not these events happen literally. Exactly. Right. And we can't verify. It. That's why it's called faith. Right. So we read it from that perspective. But we, but I think it gets problematic when we start reading it literally, yeah. yes. and and take from it and say, you know, God literally destroyed, and then we even make that story about yeah. homosexuality when Correct. it was more about something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's complicated. So anyway, I'm, that's my initial response: is that we have to understand that the Bible was written in a different language in a different era. Yeah, um, that would be like. We would, it would be like you know reading it literally and and hoping that it that I understand it that way would be like me expecting somebody that lives in ancient Asia in the yeah. first century yeah. to understand what I mean when I say uh, what's one of the euphemisms we might say if well, I call somebody ratchet right or those those Jays are on fleek they're on fleek <laughs> nah how in the hell I'm ex- expect somebody from the first century <laughs> to, to understand, understand what That's I'm true. saying yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying and so we have to have that same kind of a uh, respectful approach when yeah. we approach the Bible. When you say that, I think about, you know, from a more political standpoint, the way that we interpret the Constitution, which in exactly. itself is a literature. Like yeah. it, is, right. it was the views of men at a certain time. Right. Mind you, these men were incredibly intelligent, right. and they made a document that I think is just right up under the Bible as far as it's like historical, uh, at least importance to, I would say, the world, because... Other countries have, you know, formed their democracy based on what those uh, few men wrote. Right. But if we look at how the Constitution has changed over the years, right, we, we're able to amend that yeah. based on, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, legislative branch. Like, they yeah. can create a law and put an amendment into the Constitution to change the context that was written all the way back, you know, in the 1700s right. or whatever. Yeah. There's... That's not something that we can do with the Bible right? because the people that wrote the Bible heard from God to say these things. So how can, you know, and people have made attempts, you know, when you think about some of the newer religions like Mormonism or, you know, Jehovah's Witness, things like that. And it all depends on, oh, do you believe this person really heard from the, from God? But, yeah. like, that's the one thing I think to, to piggyback off what you were saying is, like, we can't expect you know, the literal interpretation of somebody that was there even before the first century, you know, you talk about the Ten Commandments, that was back, you know, 3,000 years before Jesus came around. And, I mean, those are the most basic principles, I think, in human life. But it's something like, how can you expect these stories to be literal? I mean, but then again, you think about maybe God's not 
tearing, you know, blowing the city up yeah. or ruining the world. Because I mean, that's not the image of God right, that, but, but that honestly, I you, you can think about in our times, like, what we are ruining the world. Like, I mean, yeah. you could get political with that, yeah. right, and say is climate change, whatever, but is that God's uh, carrying out, like, our behavior towards the world? Like, you can get very, I guess, abstract with your thought right. and say, okay, maybe he didn't throw a burning fire, he didn't flood the earth. Exactly. But then you say, well, he if we she. look at... <laughs> you know, just the natural, uh, you know, these natural disasters yeah. that go around. You know, what is this calamity? And, and, you know, and and and, that, and that's a good point because, like, okay, if the story of uh, Noah and Noah's Ark. Yeah. You know, everybody has the movie, and and this is where logic kicks in. I think when you have education behind you, um, like they said that you know the world was destroyed by water the first time. Well, if you think about Noah, Noah was wherever he was at that point in time. I'm not as well, you know, versed with this stuff like you guys are. But when you think about Noah, and if you watch the movie. He was in one place on that earth. That area could have flooded just like Katrina flooded in New Orleans. Absolutely. How do you say or dictate that it did it to the whole world? And then even with the animals, like, he couldn't have got every animal, every in, animal the world, in the whole in the world, world, right? Maybe he just got a few animals that were in the neighborhood. You know if you just think about the logistics. <laughs> I mean, this is what I talk about when I talk about Noah's logistics. Ark. Let's yeah. talk about the logistics of <laughs> having like, every know, animal in the world man. on one boat. And, the, and look, I... Every once in a while, I have somebody come up and yeah. clean my dog's poop in the backyard. I yeah. couldn't imagine cleaning the poop of Everywhere. every animal you know in the world. And the birds, it, like if you remember, days and, and, and if you remember on Noah's Ark, like the birds was like sleep. Everything was just chilling and sleep yeah. all over each other. Yeah, right. So I just like you so said. Th- so let me, so let me, let me show you how interpretation always matters when reading exactly. the Bible. Right. Because you can be, you can be creative, and 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 let's, and if we were honest, the traditions of interpretation that we have received from really from from privileged white middle-class men, most likely in, around the 50s, yeah. and philosophers. We have, and, and many black churches have adapted these theologies yeah. that really don't know where they come from, yeah. right? Um, so they're shaped a certain way contextually. Yeah. Um, but we always are, interpreta- are interpreting, and it's always shaped by our context. Yeah. If I read that story, I can read that story through different lenses, through man. Different on one, yeah. one perspective, I can read it and, 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 and understand that, okay, if all of this happened, if Manoah really did yeah. get all these animals from the other, you know, the different parts of the earth and 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 they were quiet and everything was was, you know, it wasn't unruly on the thing, then what that points to to me is is that, you know, if I'm telling that story, I'm trying to illustrate a picture of something that can happen when I'm obedient to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not so much about the 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 literal factuality of what happened, but just because something may not be literally fact doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. Right. It still points to something yeah. that we can learn, yeah. right? That's so true. Um, and so and, and and I mean it's just it's so the Bible can be fun, yeah. but because of the the history of traditions uh and and interpretation and the way the Bible has been used by dominant culture in this yeah. country, yeah. it's problematic. Yeah. People are afraid of it. Because of the way it's been used, okay. but man, you can be used creatively. It can be yeah. used for liberation, and pers- yeah. you know, personally, that's the way I read it. I yeah. read it through that lens. So let's go back to the. I think the initial question you asked was, "What do you think God's purpose is for this world?" And I think that's such. I mean, that question is like that's like asking, "What is the purpose of the world?" Right. That's a big what question. Is, what are we here for? Yeah, right. Exactly. I think no matter where you're at, right, and no matter what part of history you're at, you've asked that question, like, "Why are we here? Yeah. How did we get here?" Yeah. That's God's purpose is to answer that basic human question is why are we here? How did this get here? And I think, you know, whether whether you're very religious, Christian wise, Muslim, you know, Buddhist, whatever faith, I mean there's right. millions of faiths. Right. Yeah. Right. Um 
what I'm getting. And, and, and even, they're all and, legitimate. Right. Let me just throw that and, in there. And even if you're one of the people that, you know, maybe atheist or agnostic and you believe in uh, the, you know, what is it, the, rev- the evolution, the evolution yeah. and all that stuff, at some point you still got to have some type of explanation on how it started, right? Yeah. Like sometimes evolution becomes a religion because people get, like, if you watch the yeah. Bill Nye uh, debate. I mean, he was so adamant about his side. It's like, dude, you're just as adamant, and exactly. you believe it just as much of a religion yeah. right. as a Christian would. Yeah. Right. So I think like that's what we do as people yeah. is we answer the question on what is our purpose on this earth. Yeah. And for me, like I can speak. One, my parents didn't give me a choice because they named me Christian, right? So I didn't get a choice. <laughs> Most people don't, right? Though, right? I didn't get a choice. Yeah. But either way, like you know, within the context of Christianity that you were yeah. talking about. I think, you know, lazily, when I was younger, I thought the purpose of religion was power, right? It's so you can control the masses. Like, if you give people the same set of beliefs and you show, like, if you don't follow these rules, this This calamity is is going to happen happen. to you. It is easier to control an uneducated population. I think that's... You know, lazily, and even now, I'm like, well, I mean, it's that's it's an easy sell for me. No, and that's, that's true. the whole point of religion. Yeah. But I yeah. think it's more than that. But, that, but unfortunately, yeah. that's the way religion is used still. That's what oh, I was going to say, especially right. in the black community, exactly. because a lot of no, it is uneducated. A, a lot of it is uneducated or preaching a a message of uh, faith and sowing seeds financially. Mm-hmm. Yes, even the seeds that they don't, they have, don't have, and you're promising them something back. And then it's like one thing I've learned about churches, you know, is is like you always sowing these seeds. But how many churches? I don't know many of them that when you really fall on hard times that you can get that seed back mm-hmm. or you can get some assistance from that without a payback plan mm-hmm. or oh, some kind of payment plan. It's definitely not a 401k. Exactly. Well. So you have to look at that. And that leads to my next one where I was saying. Where, Shout out to Friendship West Baptist Church. <laughs> and I say and let me tell you why. Um, I'm a I'm an African American Baptist minister, mm-hmm. right? I was I was licensed ordained when I lived in Kansas, going to seminary and all that. And uh, there are good churches out there, yeah. but there are a few black churches um, where leadership is willing to touch political issues, yeah. true. issues that touch the ground, and issues that connect with the Bible, yeah. that that lift up the political activity of Jesus, yeah. right? And um, and so that that church is about liberation, man. It's, it's about politics. it's about le- helping black people recognize yeah. they're beautiful. Yeah. That it's not it's not I'm black but beautiful, but it's I'm black and beautiful. Right. And it, and so it's it's anyway. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. But no, and and like I was saying, that just leads me to the atheist part. I remember when I when I was growing up, I used to be like, man, you know, the word atheist, the way people taught it to me, it was like so, I, I used to have I used to have it as an understanding of like you hate God or whatever. And yeah. I, and as I as I got older, I was like. Being an atheist is really not bad. It's just saying you don't believe right. or you have a, another logic of how this world came about. Right. And to me, that's OK, because everybody's entitled to their own belief. But I just wanted to say for me, I apologize to any atheist I've ever met or ever thought differently of because they just I feel, I, like you said, when you have an education, you just some things you just can't throw to the wall and say, hey, this is what was said. This is what was written. And this is it. And in the Bible. Uh, Jesus or God, the only things that they really said were the things in red. Mm. Well, the, they, I mean, yeah, of course, for the, with for the translators yeah, exactly. and all them. Yeah. Yeah, right. So it's like the things in black were mostly just, like you said, the stories that were written by man from being what they heard from God after praying or, you know, walking with Jesus or whatever the case may be. But I think at the end of the day, when you ask what do you think God's purpose is for the world, I personally think it's something that you have to figure out yourself through prayer, 
through your own individual relationship with God, whether it's, you know, through Buddhism, Muslim, mm -hmm. being an atheist or evolution or science, Scientology or whatever the case may be. Right. It's your personal connection and relationship right. with God. Right. Whether you're white, black, it doesn't matter. So I think, it, I it, think just real, real quick, it's like what yeah. Gary said earlier about under, like knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to understand God for yourself the same way exactly. in order to truly be a follower of him and to really carry out his purpose for you. Yeah, that's. And that's I also need to look at it from who God is for us as a as a as a as a black community, as a human community. Yeah. And so to answer that question, you know, I would say I think I think God's purpose for this world. You know, that's a big question. And yeah. You can answer it a lot of ways. A couple ways I would answer it is one that we would live in a way that we need each other. Yeah. Amen. And let me tell you why that that goes against the grain of, of this country because we've been so individualized and yeah. thought to think of everything as we do everything ourselves. Yeah. I don't think that that was God's purpose. Yeah. You think about the way that, that I was just having a conversation with, with one of my wife's best friends yesterday mm -hmm. and uh, talking about how there's a stigma um, in the black community, especially black faith community of yeah. mental health uh, and you know that kind of stuff, yeah. mental health services. I think people were created with different gifts different attributes so that we can be a, a human community. Right, but too yeah. often we are individualized and we say, well, I can just believe in God for this. And God's sitting there like, man, if you don't go get help, right? <laughs> because that's why I put this that's person put, there. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but, and, and, and even the things that we can learn from other religions, yeah, you yeah. know, the things that we can learn from Buddhists, the things we can learn from, from Islam. Yeah. We, we are not supposed to live on our own. Yeah. We're not. And, you know, in addition to living, where we need other people and acknowledging that need, um, which which will help us to transcend racial boundaries and class boundaries, we're also meant to take care of the earth. Yeah, um, not to kill that, it, man. but to 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 work with God in 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 liberating the earth, the the ethos. I mean, yeah. the the um, what, where is the environment? The environment. environment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. so anyway. Well, that was I mean that was a good topic, and I, I think we we got a little accomplish we're definitely going to have to have to make it um, one of the main topics in the show um here soon we're going to jump back into some music again you're listening to the reality is um, where filtering becomes extinct and utaradio.com we're going to jump into d'angelo the vanguard betrayed my heart i know a lot of people said they didn't even understand half of the album and what was being said by d'angelo but hopefully uh, with this next song we can try to clear some of that up all right, so we wanted to rock out a little bit to some old Timbaland and Magoo, but we're going to jump back in real quick. Again, you're listening to utaradio.com. The reality is where filtering becomes extinct. And before we jump into it, I want to give a shout-out to Serena Williams winning her 19th Grand Slam in uh, Australia on yesterday against Maria Sharapova, if I pronounced that right. <laughs> I also wanted to give a shout-out to J. Cole. Um, J. Cole actually, basically what he did was, the house that he that he him and his mom moved into into when they finally felt like they had made it somewhere. Um, she lost the home when he went went away to college. So he went back and he purchased the home and he's now dedicating that home to uh, single mothers with children, um, so they could live there and get the experience that he had. And he's given them two years free rent, free Beautiful. you know no no they don't have to pay anything Beautiful. just to give them a jump start on life and taking care of their kids and giving awesome. and giving them an aspect or showing them a different aspect outside of the ghettos or you know yeah. the bad urban areas so i want to give a shout out to j cole and you had a shout out gary yeah man i want to give a shout out to my cousin aaron green man if y'all aren't football fans or if y'all are check out tcu next season 
uh, the boy, you know, we grew up together. He's like a brother to me, and I just, you know, he's in this area. Go follow him on Instagram at respect, R-E-2-2-P-E-C-T. Follow him on Twitter, Aaron Green 22 But the boy's going to make some noise next year. He made some this year, but, man, that was just the appetizer for what he's going to do next season. So check him out. Great thing about Aaron, as good of an athlete he is, he's a great, great kid. That's right. He has a great heart. So, yeah, support Aaron Green. All right, that's what's up. UTA, we would give you a shout-out for a football team, but uh, we don't have one. (laughs) Rock with the Horn Frogs. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're going to jump into the next topic, which is things you should tell your friends, T-Y-S-T-Y-F. Uh-oh. First thing, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when I feel like if you should address your friends and let them know what the reality is, as a man, I don't know about women and their, you know, their sock to shoe ratio, <laughs> but as a man, if you weren't all black, ain't no way in hell you ought to have on black shoes and white socks. I don't give a damn if it's basketball. I don't give a damn if it's church. Only time you should be wearing white socks is when you just at the house chilling. I feel like after the Fab Five, you have no excuse. You to have no excuse, white socks, no matter what the situation. LeBron, and LeBron actually still does it. Well, I mean, and he's LeBron. I mean, he makes twenty million a year. So also, I mean. you should not but be wearing got, white drawers. Okay. Don't be wearing white drawers. No, either. man, you can't, bro. I Are you afraid? That wore white briefs. <laughs> hey, we're beyond that. Bro. They make boxer yeah. briefs and they're black. Yeah, wear you can't. Them. Yeah, you can't wear no white drawers. Maybe uh, some red, but you know. Yeah, you can't. Nah, you shouldn't do that. Also, I mean, if your friend, if you have a friend with bad breath, do you address that? Would you address that with him? And if so, I mean, how do you tell him that you got bad breath? I think, man, it depends on the friend. It depends on the relationship. I had a a teammate. Before Uh, you get into that, I just think you should know. Right. As an adult, you should know if your breath stinks. You need need to be checking that every morning. But, uh, yeah, but, man, I had a friend in in college. Wasn't it breath, but it was a, a certain just kind of a mustiness that mm. I didn't know how to was say Was he Nigerian? So. No. Oh, oh, come on, man. I'm just being real, bro. I'm just being real, bro. <laughs> no, that was man. not Christian. I'm just being real, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just being real, dog. I don't know what it was. I didn't know at first if it was a religious thing. I wasn't oh, sure man. what it was. I'm but, just saying, man. You know, he had a reputation, man, and I didn't, you know, so I struggled with Did that. Did his reputation proceed? Trying to figure out how to. <laughs> Did his reputation proceed? I'm just saying. No, I'm just trying to figure yeah, that out. Oh, I, I think it, it depends. It depends on the friend. It depends on the homeboy or homegirl, like how I'm going to say something. Yeah. If it's somebody, dude, I really, you know, I care about, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a way yeah. to say something. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm real conscious. I don't want to make somebody feel bad. So I'm trying to, you know. If it's a family member, I don't have a problem. I'm just going to be like, my yeah, dude, my girl, your like, breath stinks. Your breath is hot. You know, but somebody like, I, you know, he'll never know. I have a lot of guy friends and I'm cool with them. But I remember, like, I was driving in the car one time, riding in the car. And, like, you know, I'm like, when you know when you you driving, I mean, it was just like breath was just, the bad breath was just filling the car, bro. I didn't tell him, you know, because, I mean, he was my friend and it's like, how do you tell somebody? How does the bad how, breath fill up the car? I mean, you're breathing. I mean, when you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was that bad, bro. In Texas, he... <laughs> I had to crack the window, but it's like, how do you tell that person? Like I said, you should just know. And then the worst thing about it is when I see dudes, you know, I'm only speaking from a guy's perspective, who have bad breath, and then you have girls that are kissing him and staying with him, and then I'm like, how is she not telling him? (laughs) You just can't meet two bad people with bad hygiene. That just cannot be happening. kissing a dude with bad breath, man. 
I remember my mom was like, she had a friend that she worked with, and she was like, you know, her breath was bad, and she's like, I gave her. You know, my mom. My mom doesn't you try go to be broke if you yeah. try to give them Tic Tacs every time. <laughs> my mom. My mom is a person who's not. She doesn't try to be funny, but she's actually funny. And I remember the time when she was telling me about a friend that she worked with, and she was like, her breath was bad, and I, you know, I gave her some gum, and you know, she didn't really like me giving her gum because she was like, what are you trying to insinuate? Well, my mom was like, well, I, you know. Maybe your stomach is spoiled. How is your stomach spoiled? <laughs> and spoiled. it's not okay to tell nobody. And how would it come out the front? Wouldn't it come out the back? back? I don't know, bro. <laughs> Him, here's my thing. Things you should tell your friends, man. Pull out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You just, or or yeah. you could tell your friend to, to protect themselves. Exactly. Even if you're protecting but, yourself, yeah, you just pull do it. out. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, you got to be. That is a safety precaution. <laughs> You have to. You have to. Another thing you should tell your friend, I mean, if it's a guy, is, you know, if you can't quite grow a full beard, don't grow a splotchy beard. Like, don't do the Amari Stoudemire thing. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like where, you know, when you grow the beard in, it's like you feel like it's, it looks like you literally have a hole in your in your jaw. In your jaw, in your it, does. it does. Like, just don't even do that. Don't do don't it. Don't grow the But it's like beard. the beard is a struggle big thing beard. these days, so people just really just, you know, they, they got the poor man's beard, man. For females, I think this is something that's really important. Like, you have to tell your girls what they look good in and what they don't look good in. Just because you're petite don't mean you can wear anything. And I have to give respect to the big girls because they just got a confidence about them. They really do. They'll wear it and they be. That's what I was going to say. Tell your friends, man, be you, be comfortable in your skin. Skinny girls take some notes from the plus size women. (laughs) There's nothing more attractive than confidence. Man. You you can walk outside with white socks. Just like I said about (laughs) Amber Rose earlier, about putting on the plate, Jill Scott can, the same thing can happen to Jill Scott. But you know what? I don't want to even use a fork or a knife with Jill Scott. <laughs> oh, my I just need my hands, bro. Man, I'm just saying, bro. It's like eating the, uh, them uh, crab, man, crab legs. Man, they get so dang on messy. You, you got to wear a bib, man. You got to wear a bib. Well, I hate crazy. crab legs. Oh, crazy. Can we just talk about that? You have to wear a bib. Jill Scott on a plate. Let's talk about crab legs on She'll put you on a plate. Yeah. She, she's, fem, you know, you, hey, you know, just put your butt on a plate. Well, hey, you can be the object. Things <laughs> you should tell your friends: don't wear a blazer, an open collar, and an undershirt that you can see on the top. On the top, yeah, I hate that. No, and with that, Stephen got, Smith does it yeah, all the time. He does do that, but also don't do the collar like what's his name? What, what dude who's playing on Empire? Terrence Quit Howard. wearing your collar over your jacket. Collar. Oh, I hate that. What is this? Like 1970? Yeah, you can't. John man, Travolta? that is not cool. <laughs> that is not cool. You cannot do that. Don't man. do it. Honestly, I think you should just get rid of regular collars and get butterfly collars or the wingback collars where the tie sticks out a little bit more. And you, man, get rid of that. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. And it, you shouldn't be wearing a suit if it's not tailored. Yeah. That goes yes. for men. Yeah. Men, if you're going to wear women a suit, too. tailor the suit. Too. Yeah, because yeah. t- tailored suits on women look good. My wife my yeah. wife works in the corporate world and has some tailored suits. And yeah, she. Monica, congratulations she, for wearing tailored yeah, suits. Yeah, man, because she be going to work and coming home, and I have to <laughs> gather myself every now and then. Hey, and ain't nothing wrong with gathering yourself, brother. Actually, I'm, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> gather in yourself. Actually, I have a license not to gather myself. So That's anyway. Right. Well, you know <laughs> what? We're married now. <laughs> That's color purple for you young folks. They ain't seen it. <laughs> you, uh, things you should tell your friends. I don't really know at this point. I'm so. trying to think, man, because I know there's some uh, stuff. We went but... through the list. Um, okay, you know what? This Stop is... double texting people. 
Yeah. Tell your friends that if you text somebody or you call somebody and they're not getting back to you, don't don't get don't act in desperation and keep texting them because that, that's just gonna make the situation worse. They need to go for a lot of dudes. And and, no, and that's what I'm saying. And, and, yeah. and this, things you just tell your friends when you are making a move to approach a woman in the club or wherever you at, make sure you have your lines together. Don't Man. come in talking about baby girl. This is the best Be thing you can. This is the yeah. best thing you can do yeah. if you want to get in contact with a female and get past one minute with having a conversation. Give your name. Ask for their name and then just see where it goes. It's that simple just right. to start it off. You right. don't need a game. You don't need a line. You don't need to tell them how beautiful they are. I mean, women already know when you approach them, it's a physical thing at that point. Yeah. I mean, I've even had conversations where, you know, if you want to just make somebody feel comfortable, sometimes you just got to say, just take the take the air out of the room. Take yeah. the elephant yeah. out of the room yeah. and just be yourself. Because once you get to the conversation, then you can start actually feeling somebody and, and getting to know somebody. And that's, I'll piggyback on that and what I would tell uh, what I would tell my female friends. If there's a dude you want to approach or a dude that you're interested in, approach him. Approach him. Say it. Yeah, it's, or- 20, it's 2015 and, and yes, unfortunately, we have been taught to believe that women shouldn't do certain things and exactly. men shouldn't do Man, do you. don't let the opportunity pass by. Go so one, if a dude. woman want to buy me something, I'm fine. <laughs> you want to buy me something to eat? You know, also, get, also you know, if the guy has the courage to even come up and say his name, be respectful. Be respectful. Don't just blow him off. Just smile and say, you know, that. I'm not interested. Even if you don't. Just as long as, him, as he comes correct. Like you yeah, said. He, exactly. Dude's got to come correct. Don't stop walking up to these females talking about, hey, little, hey, little, hey, hey shawty. What uh, up, baby? Step into my office real fast. Nah, man. But if he does come correct. Just be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, every dude if you're ain't gonna thirsty, appro- that's interesting. Exactly. And guys, if you want to approach a girl, I, even if you don't have a business, have a business card. <laughs> well, I mean, Let's not exchange uh, numbers. Like, yeah, have a card. Just with my name and my number. Exactly. Is that, I mean, that's it. That's all I you need. I knew a guy that did that back in college, and that was, I, I thought it was cheesy. But the card was cool, so I kept it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he gave you. Oh, he gave you the. I mean, he gave everybody. I mean, it was, it was like anybody he met. It was like it's and just, his name is. It's my name, name, and it's like, but well, what do you do? It's like, no, nah, none of that. I wouldn't do. I was and just, cool I was just kind of saying it. I mean, you know, I don't own an empire. I do do a little photography, so I go. With, you know, I lead it with that. You know, <laughs> things you should tell your friends. You don't have to stay in a relationship, man. You don't have true. to stay in a relationship. It is not a marriage. That's true. It is not a marriage. Pay. Yeah. Hey, Pay your speeding tickets, please. Yeah. Pay the speeding tickets. You should not be scared every time you, you see drive. a police officer. Yes. Go That's true. Just pay them. Let me see what else I could think of. I, 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 I get want, scared when I, I want see something them. for the women. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I'm going 65, nervous as hell. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> because you have a ticket or just no, because? No, just because the police are behind me. I'm always going to get a little nervous. Do you speak to the police when you see police? Like, do you just wave? Like, I do. I, I'm very... I think it depends, man. When I see when I see a black police officer, I see a lot of Fort Worth PD around the house sometimes at Subway, and I give them a nod. I and now, if it's one of them black boys in the hood police, I'm not fooling with that dude. I'm not speaking. I just say hello. I just try to make a point out of saying hello to everybody. I you know, get it. Especially law enforcement. Understandable. All right, before we wrap it up, we want to talk about Super Bowl picks. I'm going with Seattle. Who you got, Gary? I got Seattle. What score you got? Ooh. I'm going to go Seattle. Thirty-one seventeen. Man, you giving them really? a good one. Yep. I gotta be honest. I want Seattle to win. Man, if you say but the I Patriots, believe the Patriots never... are gonna win. Just if you like analyze the if game, realistic. break down the the you know the X's and O's. Yeah. I just think you give Bill Belichick <clears throat> two weeks to prepare for a team, and we saw Seattle just 
a week ago. And they struggled. That struggled against a team with not nearly as good of a defense uh, or scheme as what Bill Belichick will bring to the table. I just think, given that time, even <laughs> though they've had the distractions, I mean, Bill Belichick, man, and, and the greatness of Tom Brady, I think that will prevail. But I want Seattle. When I do too, and that's why I'm picking them. I'm picking them because I want to support uh, Richard Sherman and Marsh and Marshawn Lynch, all mm-hmm. the crap that they've been putting up with. Yeah. I just want them to come out with a chip on their shoulder and prove the naysayers wrong, yeah. and then I do the interview after that. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they'll I'm win because saying. of the defense. Still, I think right. Sherman. You yeah. know, cutting off one side of the field because he can shut down anybody. Everybody keep talking about his arm, but he'll be ready. Mm-hmm. It's not even in the sling. Chancellor on Grunk is going to be the matchup that I'm going to watch out for. You put Maxwell on Edelman, Earl um, uh, Earl Thomas <coughs> on Amendola over the middle, and if you can get to Tom Brady with four or five. And that's the key that's on the, the other key. side. I was thinking exactly. too. Because we've seen Tom Brady, when he has even the notion that there's pressure, he is yeah. not the same quarterback. He's shaky. But I will say <clears> – <throat> The great thing about Seattle defense is that they don't necessarily match people up. They just play where they're nasty. Yeah. Like if, 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 if they Richard Sherman's the on the right, and if Gronk goes and lines up at the white right out, it's going to be Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Earl. You know, yeah. but but in the middle of the field, I do like the matchup yeah. of Cam Chancellor on Gronk. I think that'll be a huge matchup. But uh, you know, I think that's the I think that will be the deciding factor mm-hmm. is the amount of pressure that defense will be able to get on Tom Brady. But you know, we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, yep. Go, go Seahawks. Go Hawks. Go, go Seattle. All right. All right. Well, that um, wrap pretty much wraps up the first show of the spring. I hope you guys enjoyed your time. Again, you're listening to UTA Radio with The Reality Is. Thank you again for my guests, Gary Green, Christian Evans. Hope to see you guys back sometime again, maybe next week, maybe later on in the semester. But I hope to have you again on the show. Love to. Thanks man. for having great, us, man. Great for having that. Thank you for having us. Not a problem. And then, like I told you guys before, if you have any questions about anything, you can hit us up on the request line at 817-272-2651. You can also check out the website, therealityis.com. That's T-H-A, realityis.com. Hope to hear from you guys soon. We're going to end the show with Coming Black Maybe featuring Bilal. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.